York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm coming, coming, I'm coming straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. What's going on? This is Jay Ellis from the Nick of Time Show here to give you that Nick's talk just in the nick of time and i'm not going live and in a crappy mood because the knicks lost to the damn nets damn there goes to the money that from msg2 we lose to the nets what's the score 122 to 115. all right rj barrett gives you 24 points on the night with six rebounds and two assists Julius Randle gives you 19 and 10 with eight assists. Quentin Grimes gives you 10 points for rebounds. Janet Brunson gives you 26 and four assists and quickly gives you 16. But it was all about the threes. Knicks shoot 35% from three, 10 of 28. But on the flip side, the Nets, shoot 55 percent from the field on a high clip shot 43s and hit 55 percent from the field and that pretty much did us and the knicks really couldn't keep you up with the hot three-point shooting that plus the bench minutes when i see the bench, i don't mean bench players i mean bench minutes moments when the bench had to take over I feel like that's where the game slipped a lot for us. But you know what? We're going to talk all about it. But before we talk about it, first, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, uh, and big up yourself for watching uh, after a Knicks loss. And just because you love Knicks basketball, you love basketball in general, you love the KOT analysis. So shout out for being with us at the KOT show. And so please hit the like and subscribe button early if you've been watching for a while and haven't subscribed yet. Also, shout out to FUBU TV. If you're going to watch the Knicks for free for seven days, go to FUBUTV.com and you'll be able to watch them on MSG. And if you decide to buy it, you get a little bit of a cut. You get to get watch cable plus other sports channels. And there's no subscription. You cancel whenever you want. All right. So shout out to FUBU TV. Now let me introduce you to my guys. First and foremost, it's the man, the myth, the legend, the guy with the stats and the facts. Ryan G's in the building. Tough loss to the Nets. Yeah. Ninth straight loss, which makes it hurt even more. But it is what it is. It is what it is. And of course, you know, it is the Latin assassin Mr. ESPN contributor, posting and toasting contributor, SNY contributor, Deadspin contributor, Mr. Lee Escobedo, the Latin assassin. What's going on, Lee? Congratulations, Tom Thibodeau, for reaching 100 losses as a New York Knicks head coach. Uh, couldn't come at a better time to a better team uh, on a better day. Congrats, Tibbs, to 100 losses, my man. Only you would know that stat. Only, only, you. only you would know that. That's or fats, my friend. That's or fats. <laughs> like, yeah, they're ready. 
He's looking at 99 like, I'm waiting for this one. Um, <laughs> you damn right. He was looking at 99 for <laughs> three games. Oh, man. Oh, baby. Well, let's talk about the game. And I'm going to start off with talking about why I'm disappointed despite the turnaround late. Okay. I'm disappointed in this loss in particular because of the start. This is a rivalry here, you know? Nets, Knicks, they've beaten us multiple times. They beat us before. For the most part, I feel like the Knicks seem to remember big losses and carry over to the next game. I don't know if it's because they figured Kevin Durant wasn't here that they felt like they can start off slow, but the intensity level defensively was, 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 was stark between the Knicks and the Nets. I feel like the Nets coming off the Detroit loss wanted it a lot more than us. And Randall in particular, some Barrett as well, but Randall, a guy who we've been praising a guy who's been really good on both sides of the ball for a lot of the year, I feel like he didn't show up defensively um, for a good chunk of the second half. From the first, the first quarter in particular, O'Neal was taking walk-up threes. Or, or, not in the first, that was the second quarter, I was taking walk-up threes. The first quarter, O'Neal just relocates to uh, the elbow three and just pulls the three and Randall's in the corner, not even aware that his guy even moved there. And then further as the game goes along, Randall is getting mad that he's not getting calls, that he's not getting foul calls and his shoulders are slumping. And then when once that happens, it looked like he checked out and then O'Neal gets like a walk up three with Randall just not giving effort. And I feel like it wasn't until the Knicks were down like 22 to 12 and Tibbs called the timeout when something started to click and they actually started to give effort. But by that time, the faucet was already flowing. The Nets were already hitting threes. And now we starting to play defense and they're hitting threes in our face now because we let them get way too comfortable for about half of the first quarter and portions of the second. And there's a lot more to talk about it, this, about this game, but that's the biggest reason why I just did not like this loss. Um, I don't know. What, what do you think? Uh, what do you think, Lee? Uh, three numbers that have me back on my fire Tibbs BS. First one, 10 minutes for Obi. Again, in a game where JLS, you had a great point here. Joey's Randall did had his moments where he checked out. Uh, we've all seen this before. Nothing gets us more frustrated as a fan base when that happens, especially on defense. Uh, when he's ball hogging and and shot and looking for a shot on offense, that I can handle more than I can him not, you know, getting back on defense and closing out on threes, especially when he's playing someone that he should have a huge advantage over in Royce O'Neal, who actually played him pretty well and went tit for tat for him offensively too. Yeah, he's a good defender. Royce O'Neal is a good yeah. defender, but yeah, go ahead. He shouldn't be able to hold Julius Randle though, in, in my opinion. Uh, so 10 minutes for Obi is disrespectful, not just to Obi, but also the circumstances of his game. We could use a fresh pair of legs and a different 
um, player out there that brings a different set of, of skill sets. And he's still got 10 minutes riding the bench. This next one's 19 assists. That's our average for the season, which makes the third worst assists per game team in the NBA, which is awful. It shows a lack of ball movement, and it shows an over-reliance on isolation. And the third is 22 threes. The Nets hit 22 threes on us for 55%. Unacceptable. That's because, again, Tibbs chooses to defend the paint and make sure people aren't driving in. But in a game where you know that KD is not going to be there and Kyrie is going to draw defenders and take out to one of the best three-point shooting teams in the NBA, way better than us, we should be guarding the perimeter. And we didn't, and we got torched. Fire tips. I'm pushing back. We're number three in three-point defense in the league, so I'm not going to say because tonight we didn't um, play defense three-point shooting because we didn't play three-point defense, we should fire Tibbs. You already know my stance on the fire Tibbs thing. I, I, I think it's 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 too early for that, considering we are still having a good season. And tonight, I don't feel like we lost this game because of Tibbs. I feel like there was other bigger issues um, than t- Tibbs today. But go ahead, Ryan. Well... I'm not on the fire tips bandwagon or whatever the case may be, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep it real. The Knicks played stupid in the first half. They did. They played stupid, honestly, because first and foremost, when the game started, I would have thought the Nets were the team that lost eight straight games to the Knicks the way the game started. Because the Nets came out with energy, and the Nets looked like they wanted. They wanted this game more than the Knicks. And it's not just that. It's a simple fact that the Nets were playing fast. They were getting points in transition. They sped up the pace. Instead of the Knicks trying to counter that by trying to slow the game down, they tried to play at the Nets' pace, and they got torched because of it. They did make an, they did make an adjustment later in the game to slow the game down and, and make it a more half-court offense, which – in turn, got them back into the game later in the game where they decided to finally slow the game down. But they were trying to play up to the Nets' tempo, and they were getting torched because of it. They were taking they were taking dumb shots, dumb quick shots, which led to Nets' transition points. They were turning the ball over, trying to make hell Mary passes to try to get quick buckets, and yeah, it was just ter- it was just terrible play in the first in the first half. That's how we slowed our. That's why we slowed down our pace in general. If you notice, we were like top ten in pace in the first half of the season, and then we slowed the pace down because coach realized it wasn't working. It, it just it wasn't working. Like I feel like IQ in the second unit can play with a faster pace, really, but our first unit is not really built that way. But I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ryan. Yeah, so that pretty much killed the Knicks in the first half. And then, again, terrible defensive rotations. And But I don't, I don't see it as a Thibs problem or whatever the case may be. The Knicks couldn't keep their man in front of them. And then, when and then when their man penetrated to the paint, like, for example, you know, whether it was Kyrie getting into the paint or another Nets player getting into the paint, right there, right then and there, the Nets defense was compromised. The Knicks defense was compromised because then the help comes – if the help comes from Sims, you have Claxton in there for an easy basket. Yeah. If the help comes from somebody else, the Nets have shooters all over the place. So right there, when you're helping off a shooter, a shooter's wide open. So when they make the pass, the Nets have a wide open three. And the Knicks are either late to get back to contest the three or it's a wide open three. So that, that's what happened throughout 
pretty much the whole game, almost. In the fourth quarter now, like I said, second half, the Knicks did make an effort to come back into the game. But then also, at the same time, Kyrie just goes off in the fourth quarter. They couldn't stop Kyrie. And that ultimately led to the Knicks ended up losing the game because Kyrie goes off for 20 in the fourth quarter. And then especially that move he put on Grimes late in the game to really seal the game with that dagger three when he put Grimes on skates and took that deep three. I mean, what, what can you really do? You can't really stop that. So it's like, but those are my thoughts on the game. Yeah. Nah, I, I hear you. The closeout, I feel like closeout threes in general, the way the Nets are moving the ball, I feel like technique-wise, the way the Knicks were closing out seemed flawed to me. The Nets were pretty much waiting for us to fly by on hard closeouts um, multiple times in the first half, and they got us off our feet a lot, and we were able to get a lot of wide-open looks that way. I mean, I think we adjusted a little bit in the second half, but I felt like the technique closing out on threes in general in the first half just just it just wasn't good. It it, it just wasn't good. And I also want to say the bench scoring. It made it these are one of those days where we want to play the kids. And then when you want to, when you play the kids, it's like, ouch, you know what I mean? Because both times when the bench was inserted in the game is when the game really started to go away. Um, but first I'm, I'm a shout out to, I'm a shout out RJ Barrett who really did his thing. He got to the hole. He was able to exploit mismatches. He was able to finish it on his right and his left hand. Uh, at will but at certain times of the game when rj is playing with the bench if he had to, to pass the ball and the ball had to leave his hand and deuce ended up with the ball that's when offensively we started to have problems so it was like when but rj did well iq did well but outside of those two we still kind of having problems and problems scoring and especially when I look at that fourth quarter, the process of the bench, I loved, you know, RJ getting, getting to the hole, taking advantage of mismatches and scoring was great. But at the end of the day with the bench, you got to hit shots. There was a, there was a play where Kyrie looked deuce dead in the face. And said, I'm not going to close out. You got to hit that three. And then Deuce clanked the three. And then the Nets went right back and hit a contested three. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then the same thing kind of happened in like the, su- the subsequent play. Deuce ends up with the ball. Um, They like double RJ, swing, swing, swing. Deuce ends up with the ball and it's empty possess- possession. And that, and after, you know, the Knicks cut the game to around six what seven points at the end of the fourth quarter and next thing you know it's back up to 14 so we're talking about why the the bench by the starters playing these big minutes the bench has to produce to give the starters a rest and then tibbs rolled the dice and tried to get the bench going and get them in there and have them play and it just didn't work out 
I don't know if anybody has, has anything to say about that. Deuce is a liability on, on offense. I, I think he's a third string back backup point guard best. We're using him as the number two, the second guard off the bench after IQ. But when IQ is in there, sometimes he's playing off ball and McBride was running the show. And McBride just does not have any offensive game at this point in time uh, to maintain leads. We lose it so often and not because we're not able to match them in three-point shooting because our three-point shooting on the, off the bench is so bad. I think we need some guard help. Uh, I disagree with a lot of people who think that we should stand pat this trade deadline. I do think we should address consolidate our roster and address some needs. And one of those could even be a veteran point guard. Just someone doesn't have to be someone to break down the defense, but just someone who does low turnover and hits threes. Because Deuce McBride is a huge liability on offense coming off the bench. Thing, Ryan. Well, I mean, I definitely agree with that. I mean, when we were looking at different choices, you know, for you know players to bring in, like I always thought that you know the Knicks do probably do need one extra piece, preferably, you know, if you're not going to get a star player, I would prefer like someone who can come off the bench and strengthen that bench a bit and provide some shooting off the bench and you know whether it's provides a wing play or some guard play, like I think either piece would be viable for the Knicks, you know, for the second half of the season. You know, McBride is one of those players where it's like, you know, when the, when the Knicks are going good and he and he plays, you know, his pretty much top-tier defense, you know, it, it, it goes well for you because, you know, you're playing good, you're scoring, and then McBride, then McBride is, you know, helping – Stop the team on the defensive end on top and you know and it everything goes well but when you're going against a team that actually is you know scoring the ball and scoring the ball at a high clip and then you have a guy like Mike Brown on the, on the court where you know he's not going to really, really give you much offensively and then on top of that teams continue to score then that's when you know having McBride on the court becomes a liability so I do agree from the standpoint, like the Knicks do need some bench help whether it's on the wing or whether it's from the guard position they do need a little bit of bench help but um, but yeah, the bench wasn't really highly effective today. Outside of like quick, Hardison did provide some good minutes tonight, so I got to give him props for that. But yeah, I mean, you, you look at the plus minuses too. Like the highest plus minus came that well from the, well, I should say like the lowest plus minuses came from the bench. Pretty much OB, pretty much McBride. IQ, you know, IQ plays with the starting lineup sometimes, sometimes plays with the second unit, so he had a positive plus minus. But, yeah, the bench really – the bench was – you know, when the bench was in the game, that's when the Knicks really lost it. Yeah. Uh, for me, I still want to keep it moving with this bench and stay packed, only because for when I'm looking at the team long term, I don't see a championship team this season. Like we're playing for a playoff spot and see what happens type of situation. That's how I see it anyway. So do I think if we get like a defensive wing veteran help, will it help us compete and win like a few more games? Uh, absolutely. I think it will. I definitely think it will. Um, will it help us in the playoffs having a veteran presence? I absolutely. I think it will. Long term, though, do I feel like a few more wins and a veteran presence in the playoffs is worth sacrificing, you know, the development of Deuce right now? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. The only way 
I would say it would have really benefited us is if whoever we trade is a young, a young player as well, a young player with upside, then it's like, all right, we're sacrificing the development of one young player for another young player who we can see can be groomed for the future. So, I mean, that's how I pretty much see the whole lineup for me anyway. All right. Salute to the chat, man. And if you want to call in and talk Knicks basketball with us, you definitely can. Dial that number, 319-527-6241. That's 319-527-6241. Shout out to the chat. Shout out to Hulk, Hulk TV, T. Williams, Crow Noir, Picks for Timmy, Anna Grill, my man Telem Alejandro, active in the chat today, and everybody else is rocking with the show. Paul Butler, I see you too as well. All right. And please hit a like button as well if you fill in the program. Subscribe if you fill in the analysis of the KO2 show. All right. Um. Also, too, Quentin Grimes. Quentin Grimes has been. I've been arguing about Quentin Grimes all day today. <laughs> Quentin Grimes has come up today. I I want now Quentin Grimes. Keep in mind, Quentin Grimes. This is his second year. Okay. He's only his second year. He's only played, what, 89 games so far, which is pretty much like a season, a couple of games, because he's been injured for, for a long time. Quentin Grimes today, he played pretty good defense on Kyrie with the exception of the fourth quarter because and when Kyrie went off. But he needs to shoot the damn rock, man. He has to. I need him to shoot threes and not be afraid of that. And Doris Burke said it best today. Sometimes he rushes things. He'll have wide open looks and rush it. There was a portion of the game where I felt like Randall and Brunson were looking for him purposely. And those guys were working very hard to collapse the defense and kick it out to Grimes, only for Grimes to kind of, you know, be scared of shot and kind of head fake and kick it out to somebody else when he's wide open or just miss the shot altogether. I rather than sometimes just miss the shot. If you're going to miss it, cause you're out there to shoot, but end of the day, he's still shooting 36% from three in a season. I think 45% from the field second year player. And he's done well, well for us. Um, he partly sparked that eight game winning streak for us when he was inserted into the starting lineup, but I I want him to get rid of, of some of his tentativeness, tentativeness um, moving forward. I don't know if, what you guys have to say about that. Yeah, I, mean, I, I agree. I mean, you know, sometimes he is hesitant to take the shot, but when I look at Grimes' stats today, like he took 11 field goal attempts. Like to me, I think that's a decent number. Mm-hmm. you know, for Grimes. So I was like, despite the fact he did, you know, pass up a couple shots, he still took a decent amount of shots today. I mean, if you want to compare it to like Barrett Randall and Brunson, who knows going to take the vast majority of those shots. So, I mean, the shot attempt, I think he took en- enough shots today, but yeah, you know, sometimes he does rush, he does rush a shot a bit. Like I think on that one, like step back three, he had when he was wide open, like he never had to like go up with it so quick. Like he could have, you know, made sure that his feet was set and then, take the time to shoot the three because nobody on the Nets is going to close out on him. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, he. I do think he does, you know, 
I think in his mind, like, he feels like once he gets the ball, he just has to come up immediately and just shoot the ball immediately, you know, even if it's nobody's around him. So if he can just, you know, learn how to just take his time a bit, I think that will improve his shooting down the line, especially on wide open threes. But, yeah, I think I think shot attempt-wise, I, I think he took a good amount of shots today, despite the fact he passed up a couple. I agree. Uh, Doris Burke also pointed out the fact that he was rushing his closeouts too on defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and what JL has referenced earlier in the show where he's bl- he's blown by guys and are getting wide open threes on him too. This is year two. I think about the wider sample size of data and game time action that Grimes has given us in comparison to McBride. And we've seen what Grimes is capable of. I think he's just going through a slight sophomore slump right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not really worried about the timing issue. I think we'll get that down. To, if one, if Tibbs is one thing, he's going to put him through a film session. Yeah. And all, all that shit will be tightened up um, by probably a, a month from now. Th- those repetitions will start being cemented into his daily routines. But to me, McBride has showed us a longer sample size of being completely inefficient on offense. He's a great defender. I don't think there is the chat was talking about is he overrated on defense. I don't think so. I, I think he has a higher ceiling than even an Alfred Payton, which is pretty good. There was a period of time in Orlando, Alfred Payton was decent. Uh, yeah. um, there's a time in New York where he was awful uh, when he was a little bit younger. He was first team all rookie at that time. So I think I think McBride can be a better player than he is, just develop a three ball. But we know what Grimes is. He's a solid defender in guard three positions. He didn't hit the three, but he's been clutched the play ball right. earlier in this season too. And he has a mid-range game that I think his confidence is starting to slide a little bit on showing that off and, sh- and driving to the hoop, which he was really effective at in the beginning of the season, even more so than RJ. So uh, the sample size has shown us enough that Grimes will be okay, but Bride, I think, is a bigger concern. Yeah, I I agree with both assessments. Um, Grimes is going to be fine. McBride is going to be a little bit longer of a project. That's going to be a long, a long-term project. And he needs, he just needs to get more reps in. Like I said, I like the process. I like the shot selections he had. I like the times he drove in. Um, even though he missed some layups, the dunk attempt was, was crazy. <laughs> Looking at where homie took off and I'm like, oh, okay. He's trying it. I mean, I was like, oh, Claxton, though? I was like, you really, you really want to try to Claxton? Listen, 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 when you're, when you're a young guy and you're in the game, you got to try stuff to see if it works, all right? <laughs> you you got to try stuff out. That's how you, that's that's the process. Everybody was pissed last year when IQ was trying stuff and failing, but that's the process of playing with young players going, whoop. That's that's not a good move. Oh, that is a good move. Let me get back to this. So he got to try it. It didn't work. <laughs> All right. He'll know next time. Yeah, but my thing is, okay, I can understand if you have jaw hops, Anthony Edwards hops, and I can understand it because, like, yeah, you might be able to out-jump him and dunk it on him, but I'm like, you ain't got those type of hops. So I'm like, do you really want to try Claxon in that case? The RJ hops. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, that's even worse. Damn. Damn. <laughs> yo, how, yo, how are they called a straight bullet? Where did that come from? RJ played nice tonight. I'm not trying to hate on him. <laughs> yeah, RJ did play good. He might have played the best. I mean, considering Deuce's height, he actually has hops, okay? Like, he's, he's, he's shorter than RJ. He can get to the rim and bang it. But, you know. It is what it is. Claxton is just 600 feet taller than him. It's, it's, it was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but salute to the chat. I said we have two callers in the queue. 
But shout out to the chat. Everybody that rock with the show. Um, you already know if you want to dial in, call the number 319-527-6241. That's 319-527-6241. First caller up, we have, who do we have again? We have MBIC, the first caller. What's going on, MBIC? Oh, let's go. My man. Peace, peace. Peace, peace, peace. What's going on? What's going on? So, this game was, like, indicative of how the Knicks are as a team. Now, under under this coach. Now, you got to think about it. Like, you know, a lot of people, I heard you guys talking about Deuce. Mm-hmm. Now, you got to realize Deuce is a second-year player, but Deuce's first year was dismal. Like, he got no rep, and when he did get any type of rep, he was casted on the island. Exactly. So, this is like his first, so you can't really come down. I mean, look, Raw said this. I agree. And this is one thing that I agree with him. Raw was saying that he's going to, he has the feeling of a market smart. And that's what I see in him. I agree with that point with, um, with Raw, what he was saying. And I don't agree with him too much on like the whole um, <laughs> tent thing, but, you know, it is. Amen, really I'm like, I'm with Lee on, on this stuff. But the thing is, like, I look at another thing about people talk about iHeart. Now, I don't know if you guys followed iHeart in his career, but if you look at him, he's playing out of position. Like, he's not uh, a rim protector. He's more of a playmaker, and he's more of a, a runner. Like, when you watch him play, like, I watched him, I watched some highlights, and then I watched some games of him. Mm-hmm. And I watched him play in Cleveland. I watched him play... Um, with the Clippers, and I've watched him play with the Rockets. Now, when I watched him in all these different games, when he was playing like he was supposed to be playing, he, he's like an Obi. He's like a taller version of Obi. He, mm. he run the floor, and he can, you know, he's a playmaker, right? He's not playing like that. So, you know, he's not a good, and like when you're playing out of position, and you're not playing up to your, uh, up to your, your, your feelings, you're going to make mistakes. And, like, you know, his shortcomings are, are being seen. And this is the coach's fault. And this is what I'm saying. Like, you have, we have a young team. We don't need, we need to stay packed. Why? Because we need to have this. The longer that this team stays together, it's, they're going to get better. But they need to be played. They need to be played to their strength, not to their faults. Like, you still got, um, what's his name? Um, Jalen. You still got Jalen Brunson playing hero ball like he he has to distribute the ball that more like he he can't keep doing it like it's insane when i watch him play like that like in the um when he's making a run and he he made that turnover because he was trying to he was looking to score instead of looking to distribute the ball or give people touches and the fact that we running away like we go away from rj instead of developing him into the cornerstone that, we, that he's supposed to be because he's our third pick. And you give the keys to, I don't like that, man. Like, that is really bad. My last point is Dolan has put, I don't know if you guys saw it, but he's put in the papers that he put pressure on Pitts to make the playoffs. And I don't think he's going to make it, to tell you the truth. But I'm going I'm to let you guys talk and, and I'm going to say peace. All right. Peace to NBIC. Thanks for calling, man. Um, first, I'm gonna push back on the on the Brunson thing because sometimes I do feel like 
man, you should pass the ball. But yo, like that first quarter, especially I'm looking at everybody clanking and I'm just like, this is sometimes why he isos. Like we we're down all these points and like we need somebody to step up. Julius Randle shot 30, what, 43% from the field today. Nobody was hitting shots. Grimes was passing up shots. And he wasn't shooting well today. So at certain times, like today, I'm like, where else do you go? You know what I mean? I felt like it was really, it was really Brunson and RJ today, for real, who had something going offensively. Um, I will say I might I do agree that maybe this should have been a little bit more RJ at certain times of the game since he had it going. I do agree with that sentiment. And maybe shoot even more quickly, to be honest with you. Um, but I don't know what you guys have to say about that. I almost always agree with NBIC. Uh we follow we talked on Twitter, talked in chats, talked on YouTube comments. I, I love the man's takes. He's a smart basketball analyst. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree with him on, on the Brunson over dribbling, being selfish, but not tonight. I think there have been games where guys were in the flow. Obi, uh, I can't remember what game it was, but there's been certain moments where Obi and Grimes have both been hot and Brunson has devolved into ISO ball and, and just throwing the air out of the ball, James Harden style in Houston. But that wasn't the case tonight when guys were just clanking shots. Uh, it made sense for him to go into ISO mode, especially when Kyrie was cooking them. He had to balance the scales in some sense and at least get some, some points on the board to keep us afloat. So I wasn't upset at Brunson tonight over that. It's when the offense is starting to click and the ball is not moving. Uh, and we just start go, go back to, to the bread and butter of Thibs' offense yeah. one-on-one game. So, uh, yeah, in that regard, I do think that the criticism, sh- I think, should be a little bit louder on Brunson's style of play. I just don't think that that's attributed to tonight. Yeah, and, you know, you, y'all pretty much said it. Um, you know, I was listening to the phone call, and, you know, I don't, I don't really blame Brunson for the for his play tonight. I mean, I understand, like, he does need to pass the ball more. I do. I would like to see more ball movement. Like, I've said it many times. Like, I do, I do want to see the next defense. I do want to see the next offense and then, you know, move the ball around more and things like that. But... <laughs> I just think, like, you know, like, he doesn't believe the Knicks will make the playoffs. And I'm like, I think we've come to a point in the season now where it's like, the Knicks are the Knicks are pretty much too good not to make the playoffs, even with Dibs as a coach. So on, on that, I don't agree with him with. Like, I know he wants Dibs out. And like I said, like, I do, I do understand people's reasoning as to why they want Dibs out as coach. But at the same time, the way the team is playing this season, yeah, I, there's too much evidence to to show that the Knicks are going to probably make the playoffs this season. Like I can't see the Knicks, make, I can't see the Knicks missing the playoffs unless like something out of this world happens, where it's like you know a player gets injured, like one of the main players get injured, or anything like that. But as long as everybody's healthy, this team's going to make the playoffs, and whether you like it or not, this is going to probably be the coach of that team making the playoffs. I don't know. That That's just my thoughts, man. I mean, he does make some good points, but at the same time, I'm just like, I just, I, I don't know, man. And and not to say Brunson's shot selection was perfect because he shot like a ridiculous step back three 
it was like a a, a a pull up three on 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 the center earlier. That was weird, but for the most part, like I was, I didn't have a problem with it. And yeah. to his other point with Hartenstein, there was a point I remember. I concede to you that you watch more Hartenstein full on games, but from my understanding. The hype on Hartenstein was he had the highest block. He had like the top five block rate for the amount of minutes he was getting with the Clippers. So when he's come here and we don't see that, I started to wonder what's happening because I guarantee you Tibbs does not want anybody here who can't block a shot. So now that he's here and that hasn't been happening and the defense has as you know, fallen, you know, I kind of question his effectiveness. Now I do understand the other side where, you know, he's being, he needs to be used as a playmaker more to get the most out of him. But, and I, I would agree with that, but at the same time, like you still have to hold up your end of the bargain on the defensive end. I just, that's just me. But today I don't even want to crap on Hartenstein today. I mean, even though, in the first half, I felt like there was some rebound issues, but you know, he started to hit his floor today. I saw him kind of battle today. I didn't have a huge issue with Hart today. He actually had a, a, a decent game in my eyes, anyway. I agree. Yeah, yeah Hartson did have a good um game today, and that's and you know you brought up a good point, J. Ellis, because like with the call, I was like, he said that you know the way Hartson is used, he's being used wrong, and he explained how he's been used on the offensive end but i'm like okay well if he's not supposed to be used as that on defense i'm like like how are the knicks are supposed to use him on defense like i didn't get that point in, in his call because he was like the knicks are using him wrong using him as a you know using him as a rim protector he's more of a playmaker but i'm like yeah that, yeah that's how he's on offense yeah the knicks, that's how the knicks should use him on offense but defensively how are the knicks supposed to use him then like that that point kind of threw me off as well right yeah, it is what it is, though. Um, good call, MBIC. Even though you know you don't agree or or everything, you agree with Lee, though. So that's a, that's somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Not on everything. Not, yeah. Not on everything. We are making the playoffs. Hmm? We are making the playoffs. I don't agree with him on that. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. There you go. And and you know what? I like I like as you guys know, I don't mind disagreeing with people. Like I. It's, it's actually sometimes fun to debate different sides of the coin. And sometimes if you debate it really well, I, I will change my mind. And sometimes I'm like, hell no, nah. like my mind don't make no damn sense. But <laughs> I don't mind debating and having differences of opinion on the show. All right. As you can probably already tell. But salute to the chat, though. Uh, shout out to, I see somebody new, Antoine. Men Seal, shout out to you. If you're new to the show, hit the like button. Um, if you like the show so far, and subscribe if you're new to the channel. We're here after every game talking Knicks basketball. Next caller up, long time listener, modder, my guy Craig Ward. What's going on? Blessings to my uh, fellow KOT uh, panel, Lee. Give it a shout out. Shout out to my man, Ryan G. And big up so, to my man Jay Ellis. All right. Listen, guys. Um, I can't feel one way or the other about the game today. The fact that we lost is what it makes me feel bad. But for us to hang in there, because 
I think that uh, the Knicks came in there with a, a chip on their shoulder because they lost to Detroit, so they had to take it out on somebody. Um, and that just happened to be us at the time. We just was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, my take on Tibbs, I think Tibbs is a pretty decent coach. Um, the thing that bothers me is that his offense is just whack. You know, yeah. I'm tired of seeing him just keep, when, when the second team comes out, when the bench comes out and Obi's on the field, I'm tired of seeing Obi in the corner just sitting there growing roots. You know, and the only time you use him is to come up to the um, elbow and then pass the ball back to his yard. Never yeah. really utilizing them um, properly. Um, our centers is just basically rim protectors and rebounders. Why don't we just have our guys, you know, um, centers when you can throw it down in the middle when they're open um, and let them dominate? You know, stop letting them just get the ball down in the middle and then pass it back out. And um, uh, that it, it kind of it bothers me the fact that um, today. Um, the Nets had like 31 assists, and we have 19. There's our, that differentials right there means we're just sitting and playing the bully ball and um, the um, one-on-one ball instead of passing it and moving. Pass and move. Move and pass. Got to keep the offense um, alert, and it's going to weaken the defense on the opponent team. Because if you notice that when we're up against them on defense and you um, we're facing other teams that are passing the ball, we're doing all of this running around um, just to catch up, and that takes that that takes that energy away from you, and that makes your team, you makes your players weaker. They exhaust it, and it slows them down. Yeah. So you, if we turn around and start passing the ball more and moving the ball more, um, I think we'll be in a better position. Now, for us to lose by seven, I can't. We didn't do too bad because the thing that we got murdered by is the three pointers. They were shooting. 22 out of 40, that's 55%. And we only shot 10 out of, made 10 out of 28 at 35.7. Brunson had a bad day. Julius wasn't dominant. He wasn't lighting us up, lighting them up. Um, Barrett was kind of okay. He could have been a little better. Um, but uh, I think that uh, when they look at the tape and they see where they, they're, um, they're slacked at, um, They'll take this down um, as a, a lesson learned and then move on. Um, again, not too bad, but the three-pointers just murdered us. That's what the thing that got us right there. Um, that was pretty much my take on it. What do you guys thoughts on that? Appreciate you taking my call. Be blessing. Salute, salute, Craig. Good call, Craig. Good call, Craig. I agree most of you. I'm all, I agree most of what you said. I probably agree like 95% of what you said. Um, I push like a little bit on the OB thing. I actually liked, well, in the first half, I liked how Quick was getting OB the ball in certain spots. I felt like he had a nice, like, seal post move that rimmed in and out. He had a couple of moves where it was in and out in the paint. OB has just not been finishing well this season. I think he's been practicing the three so much that he is now 38% from three and he's below average shooting at the rim and being, you know, being a rim scorer has been his strength for so long, but I think he needs to get back to getting reps at on that side of the ball to even that his game for sure. Um, but you know, for the most part, I, I do understand your, st- your sentiment of you don't like coming out at the three point line. I, I do agree with, 
that is just today i kind of like some of the very shots out in the first half um pretty much everything else i i feel like i agree with um um what do you guys have to say um yeah it was a very good call by craig um i do agree with you jealous on that like i do feel like obi was used a bit better tonight as opposed to other nights because they were trying to find him you know, close to the basket, and he did have some opportunities at the basket. Like you said, you know, a couple he missed, but some he made as well. So I do think the Knicks used him better tonight. You know, he, was, he wasn't he was really used like Sean Marion tonight, but um, <laughs> but pretty much <laughs> everything else that Craig said, like, I think he made some pretty reasoned points, you know, so that's all I really got to say. Oh, yeah, I mean, you know, I agree with him. He brought up all three points that I did to start the show about the 19 assists, 22 threes, and 10 minutes for Obi. There's a chart on Twitter NBA University that graded all of the first, second, and third-year players on uh, as a headshot plot on rim shot making and rim shot creation of all those players. There's like probably 60. Mm-hmm. Obi was third worst, top three worst of all first, second, third-year players finishing at the rim. Not yeah. just finishing, but like the shot, the type of dexterity and creation he's doing around the rim and the percentage of shot making that he's doing uh, when he gets to the hole, which is pretty – God awful. Uh, it's it's like it says something like really significant to me that he has to try so hard to improve his three point shot, and that takes such a toll on his ability to finish, especially when he has such bounce yeah. and such athleticism around the rim that he can't get more efficient. That's that's like mind boggling to me. But uh, yeah, Craig Ward, shout out. I agree. The assist, the fact that we're third worst in the NBA in assists per game, says a lot about the type of offense Tom Thibodeau runs. Yeah, the assisting is is a big issue for sure. Um, I'm, I just pulled up Obi Toppin's clean the glass stats so you can guys can visually see what's happening with him. Kind of crazy. Jesus. Yeah, it it, it flip flopped. Like everything just flip flopped. It's kind of crazy. Ooh. Like he sucked at threes for the first two seasons. Wow. Now he's seventy second percentile. Damn near our best three point shooter on the team. Next wow. to Jalen Brunson. I think Jalen Brunson, this is this is another phenomenal stat. I'm gonna talk about Jalen Brunson a little bit later. Um, oh, I have to push back on the Jalen Brunson thing. You said Jalen Brunson had a bad game. He did out, he did not have a bad game to me. Jalen Brunson is he's not Kyrie, but he he's still damn good. And I'm a I'm gonna show you Jalen Brunson's cleaning the glass stats. Just so your draw can drop on the floor and drool for a second before we close the program. Cause I was looking at that today and I was like, yo, damn, this guy, this man is incredible. But um Obi Toppin, 38% from, from three, 72nd per, per percentile as a three-point shooter at his position. Look at this. My man was an elite finisher coming into the, the league. And it's gradually gone down. <laughs> Wait, no, I'm, I'm lying. 68%, 72%, now 59% at the rim. 10th percentile at his position. Bruh. Woof. Bruh. Out of mighty head Get that man some more looks at the rim. You were like, you, you're the son of Dunker's Delight. You were in the slam dunk contest. That should be your bag. Get, get back in your bag, Obi. Get back in your bag. Um, you know what? I think I think this could be attributed to the fact that to the way the Knicks use him. Absolutely. Because 
I think if the Knicks were if the, I think if the Knicks were trying to utilize him more at the rim and try to get him looks at the rim, I feel like he would have probably because I look I don't know Obi's work ethic, so I can't really comment on whether you know what he works on in the offseason or whatever the case may be. But I'm just I'm just putting assumptions. Like I'm just trying to you know guess you know why there's a drop in his finishing at the rim and it's the right in his three point percentage. Because if you look at the way the Knicks have used Obi within the first couple of seasons of his career, he was mainly he was mainly stuck at the three point like as if it, like, he was mainly stuck at the three point line like as if he's a wing as opposed to being a big. So I feel like I so if I'm Obi, I'm putting myself in Obi's shoes. So if I'm Obi and I see that the way this team is utilizing me. They're utilizing me more as a wing and having me stand on the three-point line as opposed to as opposed to a player that operates near the basket. Naturally, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start working my three-point shot. Yeah. Because naturally I'm going to want more playing time. Naturally, I'm going to want to right. produce more. So I'm going to work on my three-point shot more. And then maybe as a result of that, I I kind of slack off on my finishing at the rim because you know I come into the league elite at that. So that could probably be the reasoning as to why you see his three-point percentages go up, but at the same time, his finishing at the rim goes down. It's probably attributed to the way the Knicks utilize him. That's absolutely what it is. That's what Cred said. Absolutely what it is. And credit Obi for adapting, you know, and getting those threes up. But, you know, now we got to work on the other side of the ball as well. Um, I'm also still going to big up Emmanuel quickly. Yeah. I'm a big up a man. You quickly, the man works so hard on his game, and not just late night workouts. He really works at looking at film and dissecting teams and then dissecting his whole game, and he has turned in to a mid range assassin, a death score. And I'm going to show you some more droolable clean the glass stuff, okay? I'm going to predict by the end of the season, he's going to be a three-level scorer by the end of the season. That's my prediction. And hold on. Let me just type in quickly real quick. I kind of already know. But at this point of the season, quickly has an elite spot on the floor, Okay. Yeah, not surprised at that. Not surprised. He has an elite spot on the floor. Check this out right here. My man. 85th percentile in the short mid. Put some respect on his name. Oh, the guy who couldn't finish at the rim? Oh, he has to work on his finishing. 78th percentile. Finishing at the rim. He finished, he's finishing at the rim at a higher clip than RJ Barrett. <laughs> it's crazy. Wow. <laughs> crazy. Long mid, he's league average. And then when you're looking at the three-point shot, he started off slow. He started off in the 20s and at the beginning of the season. All right. At this point in the season, he's 34%. I keep talking about um, the average percentage from three for a long time was 35%, but everybody's average is going up. So usually 34% would get you around uh, the 50th percentile. The league is trending up though, but (laughs) he started to hit his threes more recently. I do predict by the end of the year, 
This is going to be all orange. It's going to be all orange. I think it's, I think he's going to end up being like 37, 38% from three at the end, by the end of the season. That's my prediction. And he will officially be a three level score. Yeah. Shout out to quickly had a good game today. Had a really good game today. I was screaming when they took him out in the fourth quarter. Once again, I was hoping I like that. I like that Jalen Brunson was cooking. I was hoping he get us. He gets a shot to cook a little bit. And he did at a certain point, he got an and one floater to cut the lead in the fourth quarter. Is it? I know we talked about needing a death score or an elite score at the end of the game situations. We have other options besides Brunson. We just got to utilize them. We got one in quickly who, who, who who's a dead eye shooter is not afraid of the moment. We just got to utilize them. So it is what it is. Shout out to man quickly racing this game to another level. Yep. I know if you guys have anything to add it or you want me to just move on to the the Jalen Brunson drool fest of shooting orange colors. <laughs> no, it's great, man. It's nice to have at least one piece off the bench that's given us not only good production, but has a ceiling to, to grow into as well. He's been a dog. I, to me, he's improved his game as much, well, at the same level or rate as Brunson and Randall had this season. He doesn't have a gaudy stats to show, but percentage-wise and effectiveness, I mean, he, he's in all the top advanced metrics this year. Absolutely. Nick Yak. He's shooting 34% from the feet from three point line. And he's in the 36th percentile as a three point shooter. This is the percentile right here. And this is the actual percentage that he shoots from spots on the floor. Just to help you guys read, read that chart. All right. Now let me go to Jalen Brunson. And then we can talk about briefly about some Knicks news updates. Because I, I was just looking at this stuff going, this is crazy. This is. <laughs> you want to see orange sun. Look at this. Look at this. Wow. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Elite. There's nobody on this team who can shoot as efficiently as Jalen Brunson does on all spots of the floor. Nobody. Yeah, that's crazy. 90. He started off the season shooting 20 something percent from three. He is now in the 91st percentile in three point shooting in the league. Let's go. This is why I get mad when people over criticize Brunson because they they really just diminish all of his greatness when they just focus on that one aspect of his game. Like it, it bugs me out. Not to say you can't criticize anybody, but geez, like the man is balling. <laughs> and talk about Lee started off the season talking specifically about how he needs to pull from the three-point line at a higher clip, especially off the dribble. I was looking at off the dribble threes today and he's shooting, I believe 40% off of pull up threes. 
That's not what he was doing. Of course, you already know, elite. Short mid 70, 70th percentile, all mid 73 percentile. So he, he's, he's just a shoot. He's a great shooter. He's a great shooter. He just needs to be decent defender. When you're that good at shooting, you have to be a decent defender and a good playmaker. And then the rest of the team has to fill in the blanks. You know what I mean? <sighs> crazy, crazy. You said it, Lee. Best, best Knicks, best six signings since uh, since Allen Houston. You definitely, definitely. Said. Huh? I, I t- yes, I 100% agree. Uh, well, I'm the one that said it, but <laughs> I also think that the, the reason that I've been critical of him is that I, I don't want to be someone who only criticizes the guys. Like, I, I'm not three talking people. about you, Lee. I'm not talking about you. Oh, okay, <laughs> but uh, it is important. I think even though he's been so great. To point out the things that he, he could still improve on, because I, I, those are things that are taking us at next level. When he does get better at balancing, being a playmaker and a scorer, and knowing when to, to, to go into each mode, man, we're going to be really hard to stop offensively. He's always going to be a cone, but that's right. okay. We can hide him once we improve the perimeter line. If we pull in an OG, we'll be able to hide him all game. I agree. Now, I agree with all those sentiments. It's just little nitpick stuff we have to, we have to yeah. fix. Improve the vision, improve the playmaking, improve the game management aspect of the game. You know, Definitely. this is this is why Kyrie has done well today, and it, it actually it helps that other people are making shots. You know, because Brooklyn has three point shooters, so this theory helps a lot more when your team isn't twenty fifth in the three point shooting. But Kyrie was really great today because he played possum for three quarters, just concentrated on getting to the lane and setting up all of the shooters around him, got them comfortable, and then took over in the fourth quarter. I believe Brunson will have the ability to do that at a certain point. Um, If we able to actually shoot threes at a higher clip, I think there'll be more opportunity for him to do that. Like, like I said before, Grimes didn't have a good night tonight from three. Um, Julius Randle didn't have a good night tonight from three. RJ Barrett did though. So maybe look for RJ a little bit more in situations like today. But once he starts to implement that into his game, starts to, you know, to, to realize I can get my points when I want to and then turn yep. it on. He might have more energy to finish more games. He he might be able to, you know, ascend to the next level. But you have to, to realize that Jalen Brunson, this is the first year of Jalen Brunson being the man. And he has to grow into that. And we're going to give him some grace. And at the same time, Lee, we are going to criticize because that's what we got to do as fans. Yeah. We got to criticize. Yep. That's why you tune in to Nick the Time Show, not ESPN. Exactly. Because you're not going to get that. Listen to Reggie and them, all right? Hell. Yeah, and I just want to add that, you know, that's why I've said that even though I would like to see him move the ball more, it's hard for me to be overly critical of him because he's so effective as an ISO player. Like, he, he takes good shots. He makes the majority of his shots. So it's hard to be critical of somebody like that who's actually, you know, who's who actually is productive when he's isolates and takes his defenders one-on-one. It's hard to be critical. Good point. Yeah. He's 
just really good. He's he's really good. So I mean, generally as a team, I feel like we're in the right direction. Uh, we 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 got to make some moves. We have to evolve from within in the players and get some more help here. And hopefully we'll be moving into the, into the right direction. But salute to the panel. If you're loving the stats and the facts today and you're loving the analytics, um, hit that like button. Also subscribe to the channel and share the content. It'll always help all of us out. Um, you know, if you're not going to give a super chat, free support is liking and subscribing. All right. So thank you guys. If you're enjoying the show, um, salute to the chat too. Shout out to, I see some new people here. I'm a Zempt. Nikki has been here for a while. And if you're new, say something too, and I'll shout you out. Okay? Cool. Um, slight Knicks news. Slight Knicks news. Um, we halfway talked about on, on into uh on the Knicks verse today, Lee. There is some news on the Grayson Allen trade front. All right, it's and here's the news. It says the Bucks have discussed a 2023 second round pick and salary fillers in a trade talks with the Knicks involving Cam Reddish. More on those trade talks. The Lakers, Suns, Kings, Kyrie Irving, and why Dan's the Russell could be traded. Okay, but ignore all of that. Um, but also Michael Scotto adds Milwaukee has resisted resisted including Allen in conversations surrounding Reddish this far. Instead, the Bucks have kicked around the idea of a 2023 second round pick and salary filler in trade talks. Potential salary fillers could include George Hill and Serge Ibaka. All right. So it kind of what I thought, like I didn't see a can for Grayson Allen swap straight up happening. Cause I felt like Jalen cause Grayson Allen is a proven rotation player. You give him the minutes. He's going to give you 38% from three solid defense. Cam has exponentially more potential as, as more exponentially more potential than Allen, but has not proved himself in a bench role or starter role as of yet besides flashes. So it's more of a gamble. So for that trade to happen, we probably would need to uh, attach a, a first rounder or, or of some some sort, which why would you at that point? But guys, I would like to hear your takes on the the Bucks offering Ibaka or George Hill or, or only giving us second round picks for Cam. Okay, I guess I'll go first though. <laughs> well, at this point, I think Cam is only worth second round picks. Like you're not gonna get a first for Cam at you know at this point because the Knicks haven't been playing him. He's been buried on the bench, and he hasn't really shown that he is worth a first round pick. So second round pick would be a reasonable return for Cam Reddish. Now salary fill with George Hillary Bacham neither I'm not interested in either player. You know, either player is not gonna really add value to the Knicks. And I don't want to really use a veteran who's in their 30s over McBride or anybody like that to develop. So I wouldn't be interested in trade just for the simple fact that you're going to include Ibaka or Hill in the deal. And, you know, unless, unless it, uh, like, I don't know their contract situations. So I don't know if, like, they're on the last years of the deals or whatever the case may be, or may be. But 
you know, it would have to be a case where the Knicks would have to like probably buy them out. But like at this point, like you know, you're only going to get second round picks for Cam Reddish. Right. Both yeah. contracts uh, are I, expiring, I, I, I believe, though. George Hill expires after this season. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Lee. We, uh, Jay Ellis and I talked about this and in into the Nets first. Shout out George for having us on. And, uh, I, yeah, Ryan, you said exactly what I said. I have no interest in George Hill or the broken down body of Serge Ibaka on this roster. I'm not going to bring anything new. Um, they're not going to like bring into like new creative lineup that we can run out. It's the same old, same old. They're both going to be injury prone. All we can really do at this point is shoot threes. Uh, that's what Serge Ibaka has kind of turned into. He's at the three-point chuck and big, which is great, but he's also a, a cone on defense at this point in his career. I rather see Sims at those minutes at this point, even Hartenstein. Uh, I, I don't think the Grayson Allen trade moves a needle for the Knicks either. Um, we've devalued Cam so badly. The chat has concurred with this. You know, and That's Leon's fault and Tim's fault for the way that entire situation went down, and probably to some degree Cam's fault as well. Um, for, for not being game ready and, and not being consistent when he's given minutes in the middle of in the beginning of a season. But this just unload Cam at this point. If we end up getting two seconds for him, whatever. I kind of almost want the picks more than the player because I would rather our young guys continue getting reps, even if those reps end up in losses. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather see that than a Grayson Allen coming in and stealing minutes from a McBride or somebody else. Grayson Allen's going to be a part of our core moving forward. Um, I'd rather bring in Grace now and we're at a point where we're trying to contend and we need a ninth or tenth man off the bench. But right now, let's just like stay moving what we got and, and seed some type of second round draft capital for Cam Reddish and, and, and take the L. We have to hold that L because that is an L. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Kind of mentioned this on Internet Versus as well. Uh, even though I feel like Grayson Allen, if we did get him, would be upgrade for our bench. Um, having a reliable three-point guy. Like, imagine Grayson Allen open for three today versus the Nets versus McBride open for three today when we're making our push, right? Those two threes will cut, then cut the game to, like, to, to two or three. And then the Nets will probably call timeout, and it's a different ball game, you know? So I do see the, the value of that, but I, I, I choose the development of the youth over development of a role player. So uh, I I would say no. And um, I mean, I would take Ibaka to, and George Hill just to, and just to cut them and get the second round picks, which is probably what the Knicks might do if they end up going this route with the Bucks anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Pretty much. And, you, and you know what, you know, this is where, you know, because I'm not going to rile up the fire tips people because this is where I would agree with Thibs being a detriment because if the Knicks were to go after Grayson Allen, what I would prefer is, okay, if you add Grayson Allen to the roster, bring the, bring the rotation from a nine-man to a ten-man rotation just so, just so that McBride can continue to get his minutes and develop and have everybody off the bench still continue to get their minutes. But the thing with Thibs is that is he going to really go back from a nine-man rotation to a ten-man rotation if Grayson Allen comes in? More than likely not, which means if Grayson Allen comes in, McBride's minutes will be hurt. So, I'm gonna push back. I'm gonna push back with on you, Ryan. RJ Barrett is getting reps with the bench with the nine-man rotation. He gets the chance to be the man without having Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson run the show. So. Do you value R.J. Barrett getting reps as the man more than you value getting 
Grayson Allen minutes? Well, here's the thing, because if if the plan is to strengthen the roster, right, mm-hmm. and you want to strengthen the bench, there's gonna like there's gonna come a time where if RJ's still on the roster, when the Knicks become, you know, if the Knicks get a major play, whatever the case may be, there's gonna come a time where RJ's probably not gonna be able to play with that second unit because the second unit is already gonna be strong enough on its own which means RJ's going to have to probably stick with the first unit. Like, there's going to come a time where that's going to happen. Like, right now, would you want RJ to get the reps with the second unit? Of course, but I think in the long run, if you're thinking about strengthening the team, there's going to come a point where RJ can't play with that second unit because that second unit is going to be strong on its own. So, But I'm going to push back and say this. Most NBA teams play with nine-man rotations. Like, that's most NBA teams. Like, we watching the Nets today. Kyrie Irving was playing with the backups for the most part. And if Kyrie and KD was there, it will be even more so. So 10 man rotations, I give Chris, I give credit for going that route, but that's not usually the norm because usually what happens is there's a rhythm missing. You know what I mean? So I'm just saying that's something to, to, to consider. That's definitely something considered. Like we went on an eight-game winning streak going that going that way for a reason. Yeah, but at the same time, if I have to choose between strengthening the team and, th- and strengthening the bench and RJ getting second man rotation minutes, I would rather strengthen the team and strengthen the bench over RJ getting those minutes with the second team. That's me though. Right. I'd rather keep it nine. Me too. I'd rather keep it nine. Screw J, screw Allen, develop McBride, and keep moving that way. Because then, because, like, why do we need Allen? I mean, I know why we need Allen, but long term, I think it just makes more sense for the team. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I'm not on board with getting Allen. I'm just saying that, you know, if I, if, if I have to choose between strengthening the team and, you know, getting RJ his minutes with the second unit, I'd rather strengthen the team. That's all I'm saying. I would do if it was a player like Gary Trent Jr., not Grayson Allen. Right. But that's but the thing is, if it's, a, if it's a young wing, like if it's a young wing, like say we do get OG, hypothetically, we say we get OG, but we keep all of our young players. At that point... I'd rather just play OG over McBride and keep it nine. You know what I mean? To keep the continuity, yeah. to keep to keep RJ running with the second unit and grooming him to be a better playmaker and leader, and then still keep some type of rhythm. Like I'd rather do it that way. That's just me. All right. I agree. Yeah, bro. but if you put OG into okay, so if you get OG right and OG's inserted to the starting lineup, and I'm I'm assuming most people would put RJ at the two and then put Grimes at the bench. Right. So now, right, right then and there, it's like you have Grimes on the bench, you have Obi still, mm-hmm. you have but you're picking between Hardesty and Sims, and you have Quick, right? Mm-hmm. So. With the bench being strengthened and OG being started into the starting lineup, is there really still room for RJ to operate with that second unit? Yeah. You, you, 
because you bench, then McBride just doesn't play. But I'm saying there's still extra wing now. It's extra wing, but those guys are interchangeable. You know what I'm saying? Like you can have quickly be the point and also guard the two. And then people have been clamoring for RJ to be a two guard anyway, or, or, but, or you can just go, or OG can even play. Let's see. We have, wait, did I miscalculate? We have IQ, Grimes, OG, Sims, and OB, right? Am I forgetting somebody? Yeah, that'll be the five. I think we'll be fine with that. I heart. Oh, yeah. I mean, I heart would be there. Of course, I would choose Sims. OG. Wait, IQ Grimes. IQ Grimes. RJ. OG. Oh, then we. Okay, then I see what you're saying. We're, then we're missing. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Okay. I messed that up. I messed that up. Because then we're near either benching uh, OB or Sims or iHeart in that scenario. I, I, my bad. I messed that. I messed up that scenario. Salute to the chat, though. I see uh, tell him Alejandro on the phone. Tell him. Let me know what you want to talk about, sir. Testing. Testing, 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 one, two, three, testing, one, two, three. Hey, how you doing tonight, Jay Ellis? What's going on? Hey, how you doing tonight, my man with the stats and the facts, Ryan G. And hey, how you doing tonight, Lee? Shout out to everybody enjoying the KOT show, baby. So, boom, check this out. First things first, my boy Lee needs to stop telling people the truth because we all know that people can't handle the truth. That's number one. <laughs> number two, about tonight's game. I ain't even going to go into tonight's game because it is what it is. Our Knicks came out. They not hungry like the fan base. They don't care about the Brooklyn Nets rivalry the way that we do. And we took an L with no KD. Flat out. No excuses. Yep. No excuses. All right? That's inexcusable, in my opinion, to not defend the three-point line in the first half and then let Kyrie go off for 20 in the fourth. What are we doing on defense? I'll answer that. Don't answer. We're not doing anything. Let's not talk about tonight. When I look at this schedule, the reason why I was depressed before the game, during the game, and after the game is because this schedule don't look good. This schedule looks like we're about to take a lot of L's. But with that being said, I'm hoping we can find some passion and some fight, specifically for the very next game, Tuesday night, 7.30. We're going against Go James. I want to... <laughs> I want to destroy Let me explain something to you people. As a Knicks fan, all my life, Kevin Durant has slaughtered me. LeBron James has slaughtered me. Mark my words before they leave this league. My Knicks will slaughter the back. Leave this league in the next five years. I'm trying to get some wins on him. I have not forgiven him for bullying the French freak. Shout out to my boy, I have not forgiven him for busting that three in Porzingis' face and coming back from double digits that game when he hopped on the train, acting like a fake New Yorker with J.R. Smith and the rest of the Cavaliers. I have not forgiven him for flirting with us. I believe that was 2010 with the Yankees hat and all that. You bum, you knew he wasn't coming here. You just wanted to get that buzz. Because you know, they hate us because they ain't us. You know how us Knicks fans are, we lit. He just wanted some of that litness. I have not forgiven him 
for going back to Cleveland when he could have came through with Star Mellow and saved us. At the end of the day, I'm trying to get some wins on that man. He's coming off of a back-to-back. I believe Monday he's going to be playing Brooklyn. He'll be yep. weak. Every time Julius Randle sees AD, y'all see what time it is. Yep. Randle be going at AD crazy the same way how he be going at Demarcus Sabonis. Yep. Randle going to show up Tuesday night. I need our goons to show up. Yeah. RJ, be consistent. He be Jekyll and hiding. Tonight he was cooking. Be consistent. Roll on Alexander Barrett Jr., please. Please. IQ been cooking. Keep it up. OB, in my opinion, has been efficient. He ain't getting that many chances, but keep it up. I heart been stepping up defensively. You heard what he said recently. I've been letting the fans down. Heck yeah, you have. Yep. And you know it. I'm glad you do it. So hopefully you step up. Everybody else in the next team. Optimus Grimes, pull the trigger. Spray it up. Spray it up. So when everybody is still Tuesday night at Cook, I desperately want to defeat Gold James. I never get wins with him. And this time around, I want to change it. Especially because we need it so we can change our season. That team is weak. I am a shark. I smell blood. Tuesday night, we in there. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Somebody done pissed off. Tell him. Let's go. It ain't me. <laughs> nah, apparently he likes you, Lee. He says people can't handle the truth. That's what he said. <laughs> First church of fire tibs. Let's go. <laughs> I need to tell him on the pulpit. Let's oh, go. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm not going to church today, Ma. I'm not going to <laughs> I'll save a seat in the pew for you, brother. Right up front. Confess your sins. I, w- I will not be at that pulpit. At least not this year. At least, at least not this year. <laughs> Jealous, you got a short clip that. Jealous, you got a short clip. Don't worry. Don't worry. The clip is coming. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> Salute to my God, tell him, man. Uh, good way to end this show. I'm just wrap it up after that. There's nothing really else more to say, man. If you like this show, hit the like and subscribe button. We got you got characters here on the panel and who call in as well. So, right. <laughs> yeah, Lee pops one day. Tell him the other day. Let's go. Oh, man. Gotta love you guys. Shout out to Craig Ward and MBIC as well. Colton today. All right. All right, man. That is our show. Lee, the Latin assassin. Let him know we can find you, sir. I'm going to say something before we go, and I know this is the right forum for me to say it. And no, it's not fire tips. After watching tonight's game, Kyrie Irving is an absolute baller. I don't think we had time on the segment to really talk about how unbelievable of a player he is. He is top three skilled players in the NBA. Yeah. He might be my, like the most fun player to watch, period. Like it's just like beautiful poetry watching him on a basketball court. What a sick handle he has. What a high IQ. What unbelievable all around talent and clutch as hell has been clutch since his Cleveland days. And I absolutely think the mainstream media, the NBA at large, and his own owner have done this man completely dirty. The guy has a right to have his opinions on whatever those opinions are. We live in a country where supposedly we have free speech, and mm-hmm. they try to muzzle that man when he spoke what he deemed his own truth. And uh, the fact that he didn't want to get the vaccine in hindsight, that's that man's decision. He shouldn't be forced into getting something he doesn't want to get. I got the vaccine, I got the booster too. But he, I still think he has a right to do what he wants to do. And they have absolutely drugged this man's name and character through the dirt for their own ambition and their own optics. And it's disgusting, in my opinion. And I'm not just talking about the NBA, Adam Silver, I'm talking about his owner, too. 
Josiah, who gave him some laundry list of things he had to do did back in the good graces of the Nets. The Nets are a bum-ass franchise with a bum-ass owner who has his own disgusting work ethic in China using slave labor and basically letting them do whatever they want to condition work intentions wise for his labors in Alibaba. And he has the audacity to drag Kyrie Irving to the name. I don't agree with everything Kyrie Irving says at all. Yeah. Maybe 15, 30%. But we've been in America. It's a free, free speech. He should have the right to say and speak what he deems his truth without repercussion. As long as I hate speech or trying to kill nobody or dragging anyone else's name to the mud, which he didn't do. And I just want to say that after watching Kyrie Irving, I was amazed at how well he played basketball, but it also reminded of his character and how wrong the NBA and his own franchise has treated him. And that man deserves an apology. Well said. Find me on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'll say this. When it comes, when it comes to, cultures commenting on different cultures right sometimes there's certain blind spots one culture doesn't have when dealing with with how other cultures view them right so i don't i don't blame jewish people for being upset at what he posted what i don't agree with was the the punishment Agreed. I, I feel like there's there's things done. There's malicious mistakes. There's things done, and there's there's malicious there's malicious mistakes, and then there's freedom of speech, and then there is you know what I didn't see it this way, so I didn't take it this way, and I feel like they just made an example out of him just for the sake of making an example out of him. And honestly, that's been a tradition in America for for years. The over over punishing people of color has just been the thing yep. in America all the time. It's from the beginning of time. Kyrie Irving gets punished, but when you're looking at the guy, if when you're looking at Amazon, where you can get the the actual DVD and the video. No one's pulling out of Amazon advertisements and saying we're not selling Amazon anymore. Nobody is going after Jeff Bezos because he's a wealthy guy, not a rich guy. So it's, I understand the systems that are in place and I understand the more money you have, the less accountability you have. And that's exactly what happened to Kyrie Irving. So it is what it is. Uh, I agree with Lee on this sentiment and the punishment didn't, didn't fit the crime. All right. Hell no. All right. But uh Ryan, you okay? Here's the thing. I'm I'm pause you, Lee. OKOT at the end of shows, we usually talked about um bigger, more overarching topics a lot. Oh in OKOT. And let's bring that back. Maybe it's time to bring that back. Maybe it's time. Bring that back, brother. Yeah. Come on, let's do it. Let's bring it back. And that's one of the things that made us a lot very different from a lot of shows. We actually tackled, I love that. We actually tackled real world topics a lot of times. And you know, as a as your audience grows, sometimes it turns certain people off. But you know, my my truth is my truth. So that it is what it Amen, is. Amen, man. I'm glad All you right. said that. All right. 
Hey, you know, you know what's disgusting? I'll tell y'all this. I haven't told anyone this. I'll tell y'all this. When I when I, I felt this way for a long time, I've tried to write about this. No one will pick the story up. And when I say no one, I don't mean just the ones I have on my Twitter. I pitched everybody a story about how Ty- Tyree Irving has been done wrong. No one wanted to touch it. Disgraceful, bro. Totally disgraceful. Yeah. I mean, people don't want to risk losing money defending s- somebody that's being publicly crucified. That's just bullshit. You follow the money. You follow the money and you can see where people's decisions lies. Um, shoot, not just in big NBA. Shoot, even local stuff. And let me shut up before I say something. <laughs> That'll cause a stir. All right. Ryan G, let him know where they can find you, sir. Well, I mean, you know, I wasn't really expecting to talk about the Kyrie topic, but I feel like now I have to add, I guess, my two cents to it. Um, my issue with it was, and it, and it does deal with race relations or whatever the case may be, so... Whenever a black man says something that may not be accepted by, you know, people of another race, another culture, whatever the case may be, you know, they're always quick to try to chastise the black man and and try to make an example of that black man. But then whenever people of other races or whatever the case may be, talk negative about black people as a whole, you don't see you don't see anybody trying to crucify those people or trying to have them, you know, or try to give them a list of things to do for them to, you know, be able to do whatever it is that they do again and and be put, you know, on under strict punishment or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And it does speak to the injustices in this country against black people and colored people as a whole. And I'm just gonna leave it at that Facts. because I wasn't, I wasn't really prepared to really talk about the whole Kyrie situation. But um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan GKOT. You can also find me on Instagram at Sir G is chilling. Sir G is chilling. That's S I R G is C H I L L I N. You can also find me on IG at Sergi's Corner. And I'll say this on what Ryan G said: I do believe some people do get punished. But like I said before, follow the money, follow the money. Rich people might get punished. Poor people will get punished if caught on camera and there's evidence. Cops, no, that's not happening. Um, <laughs> rich, wealthy, not happening. I keep using Joe Rogan as an example if you see me arguing on Twitter. Joe Rogan. He's on Spotify, makes millions from Spotify, continuously uses the N-word multiple times. His show was still there and working. Why was he not fired? Why are sponsors not pulling out? Why is Spotify going, hold on, we're not going to work this guy no more? Because he's the top earner for Spotify. File the money. File the money and accountability 
is usually not where the money is. All right. I'll end it right there. All right. <laughs> that is our show. Got real deep. Let's go. Um, you already know. You already know where to find us. You can find us on. Hold on, let me switch the screen real quick. You can find us on sound. Oh, here you go. Snapbacks. Blue and orange snapbacks at thenickatimeshow.com. All you gotta do is go to thenickatimeshow.com, hit catalog, get those snapbacks. All right. Follow us on the KOT show on Twitter, the Nick of Time Show on Instagram, and the Nick of Time Show on Facebook as well. And listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. And I saw somebody say, bring back the bruh picks. Old school. Oh, oh, yeah, the bruh. Maybe we need need to bring back the bruh picks. The bruh picks were a KOT staple for sure. Yeah, I mean, we've been bringing it back as of late, though. Like, the yeah. last episode, we definitely had some broad picks on some who's man's this. So, yeah, maybe just be more consistent with Yeah. We just need to be more consistent. We need to, like, like you know, like Jalen Brunson's jump shot. We need to be more consistent. All right. Fact. <laughs> facts. <laughs> who's y'all's broad picks? Mm, broad picks today. I'll have to think about that one. Ah. Uh, Julius Randle's first quarter defense is my bro pick for today. Right. I was just disgusted, especially when he gets pissed and I'm watching Julius Randle just sit in the paint and O'Neal just walks up and shoots a three and he does this half booty closeout because I don't want to say the other world. The half booty closeout with his hand out like that and I'm just like, oh, like, you were just balling two days ago. What? Aren't you eighth in the win shares in the league? Shout out to Lee for posting that stat in the group chat. Aren't you eighth in defensive win shares? Like, play some defense, dog. This is the damn Nets. Bruh. I'm sorry. I didn't even meant to hit the, bro, the, the, the gunshots. I got mad and hit the wrong button. All right. I don't have a funny bro pick, though. Yeah, like I would have to think about it, like watch a couple of basketball games over the weekend and see if I can come up with some bro picks. I'll probably watch some other games for the for the next episode. You can reuse the old bro pick of, of RJ Barrett shooting a 60 foot floater that went over the backboard versus the, the Celtics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had that I had that as my um who's man's this the other, the other man's is this, yeah. <laughs> Bruh. My bro pick is James Dolan for getting back on TV and the radio and reminding us how much of a annoying person he is. Now I just wish he would shut up and live in his loft and never come down and worry about the Knicks. Because every time that man opens his mouth about the Knicks, man, it's just a pure embarrassment worldwide. Bruh. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, the... <laughs> ah, Dolan, man. Dolan, Dolan, Dolan. <laughs> It's, it's like I'm I'm going to use facial recognition systems to find loopholes to exploit the freedoms of American people because I'm pissed. Why do you always just hold the line between it's like the petty in me, Ryan? The petty in me gets it. The petty in me gets it. But like the overarching theme of using like 
borderline illegal stuff to find a loophole to get over. It's just like, come on, man. We don't need this bad press. And then gloat about it on TV. Like, can you just be controversy free for once? Just once, please, time, man. Please, man. Just, can you just be like, I wish the most controversial thing he said was, I want the Knicks to make the playoffs this year. <laughs> like, I wish that was it. Like, ah. Oh. Well, eh. that's the owner, so. That's the owner. <laughs> Bruh. Bruh. Yeah. Good one, Lee. All right. This is status of our show for real right now. I'm at it on that note. We'll be back on Tuesday. Hopefully, you're over here roasting LeBron James, talking about a Knicks win. All right. So, shout out to the show. Shout out to the chat. Hit that like and subscribe. And as always, shout out the World Wide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. Mess out here in these Knicks YouTube streets. That's our show. We out this month. Peace. York, New York, big city of dreams. New York, New York, big city of dreams.